You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards, from Denver, Colorado. And I'm at Duncanau of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net slash support and see some ways you can help us out. For episode 20, we've got some follow-up and uh, some new topics. Uh, we missed uh, Apple News or Apple Music last week, so we'll have to talk about that a little bit later. But first, some uh, follow-up and, and a gig group part. So... Uh, the follow-up now is uh, that I signed up for Tidal. Aha. Um, Tidal has a, a free month, and I was just like, eh, if I'm going to keep bashing on them, I should install and actually use their app. And uh, I'm not actually here to bash it. Um, I'm here to say that streaming apps are pretty much all the same, and it doesn't matter. So find the one with the <laughs> cheapest price or the catalog that has what you want. Um, and or the whatever. UI that isn't horrible. Yeah, because Tidal seemed pretty straightforward. Search for an artist or build a playlist, you know, download it if you want to have it offline and it plays sounds through your phone. So, um, <laughs> not a whole lot to report. Though I will say, um, they are a good guy, Greg, about auto launching on your desktop. So I've long been annoyed that Spotify, it has a setting for, Hey, don't launch me automatically. And it routinely flips that back and says, just kidding. I'm going to launch automatically again. And, uh, I've been so like, I don't even install the Spotify app anymore on my desktop because I'm just so sick of it poking its head in my face <laughs> when I told it, you know, I expressed my preference. So <laughs> title by default doesn't do that and has a switch if you actually like that functionality. Is there anything that you were looking for on title that you couldn't find yet? Um, I didn't like stress test it in that way, but anything I searched for, even weird early nineties stuff was there great um, yeah. I, I searched for, for luxury and they they were on it have you searched for your own stuff <laughs> are you automatically on there as well oh yeah um i searched for montropo and montropo was on title so oh, nice. if you want lossless montropo you know where to go um <laughs> so yeah i guess i don't really have a lot to say except meh they're all the same they all play music when you pick a song so I don't think anyone's going to differentiate on their app being so far and away superior. And following up, we've got a gig report. This time from me. Um, that's last time, last gig report, I reported about going to the Still Tide. And yesterday I played a gig with Salt Disguise myself. And uh, there was some good stuff. There was some not so good stuff. And uh, yeah, let me, let me start off with the good stuff. So um, I got to say the sound was great. It was one of the best sounds that I've played with... Uh, in in those local locations that we've played so far i could actually hear myself for once i usually have the problem that uh whatever the monitor placement is or whatever the sound technician does i can't hear my vocals and yesterday it was all fine i could hear myself i could sing reliably i could hear the bass because usually i i use the bass mostly for for um yeah, tuning my voice. I don't really listen for the guitars. I don't know why that is. It's sub something <laughs> subconsciously. But if uh, Benny, who we've had on this show as well, uh, plays a wrong note, I instantly drift up, some, drift down, uh, drift off to somewhere that I'm not supposed <laughs> to sing. Uh, yeah, but that worked as well. And also, get, generally, we played very well, even if we only have like practice for two or three times, really. So we set a set list and. 
play that a few times. We had a new song in there that we haven't really practiced yet, but it all worked out well. It wasn't like something where we had to stop and rewind. <laughs> um, That's always a nice bit of magic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, although um, we got to say um, we, we wrote our set list uh, the day before just on a little piece of paper with a pen and uh, we only had one copy there and it missed two very important songs that we really wanted to play. So during the set, we were like, wait, isn't there a song? Yeah, yeah, okay, now, uh, yeah, let's play this now. And one of them was as the encore because we completely forgot about this and one somebody from the <laughs> audience said, Hey, what about flip the shit? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we got. The, oh, can we can we do two encores? <laughs> um, yeah, but it was well received, and um, and also what was funny that um, so for the last two songs, um, Mike and I on the, on the drums we we switch, and uh, during this drumming, my watch actually um, recognized this at, as walking or running and told me that I've reached my uh, step goal for the day. So hooray for a faulty recognition by the pedometer. <laughs> Which uh, I know this isn't flipping tables, but did you get a new different smartwatch recently? Or are you still... Did, I thought you had a 360. No, um, uh, in the last minute I kind of changed my mind and um, opted for the G-Watch R. So I got this a week ago, la last Tuesday. Gotcha. Okay, nobody can see this, but I just held <laughs> up my, <laughs> my watch to the webcam. Um, Let me hold it up again. I'll screenshot it, and then we'll we'll. There it is. This is great podcasting right here. So uh, that so it sounds like it went pretty well. Was anything frustrating about it, or did you have a magical perfect gig? Well, basically everything else was kind of frustrating, to be honest. Um, so we got there on time, uh, a little bit earlier than the other band that we've played with, and. Um, Actually, we wanted to play first, but it turned out in the end they had some arguments that actually made sense that they had to play first. And we were like, yeah, okay. Uh, as long as we get a sound check and it turned out we didn't get a sound check. We didn't really get an, uh, we, we played like one chorus just before we were about to play while the other band could set up the drum set, um, the, their, the yeah. amps, everything and basically play half their set list for a sound check. Yeah, um, dial in every single instrument and the monitor and EQ'd out there right. and like. <laughs> And it's not that I, I didn't try, uh, trust the sound guy to to get the sound right while we're playing. That's not the problem. It's that when I'm there, I'm always in this mood of, okay, I still got to do this. I still got to connect this. I don't know if this is going to work. And I just want to be able to sit down and relax until the moment that I got to get on stage and play and not have to worry about connecting my equipment still like two minutes before playing that that's always always the most stressful thing i i know that from the other band from the astray where astray where i play um where we have to set up a computer with uh with a usb hub and 3000 midi controllers it's always a hassle if you're doing that just before you want to play you, you're just not getting in the mood then um but yeah th this is kind of a first world problem <laughs> um i mean it went well it's just uh, i like to be able to to relax a little bit more before the show um and uh not to rail too much on the other band i like the show i like the the performance and and the the their image and all that and they were really nice people but um there is a thing to say about um this this was a gig that was two towns over and they are from the town like in between us so basically closer we got 20 people there and they basically had no one except uh, they oh. brought a photographer that uh, took photos of both bands but uh, in return didn't pay an admission they had another friend who ran their merch stand and they had 
like t-shirts, CDs, I, I think mugs and just a bunch of merchandise stuff. It was the third gig and nobody else showed up there. Oh. Um, I don't know what to say. Um, also as well, uh, we, we paid rent for this room and we split the rent, uh, on the two, two bands. And, um, so they had a motivation to get people there. It's not like, yeah, the other band is going to pay. We don't have to worry about anybody showing up because it's not our loss, but it yeah. also was their loss. I, I really can't understand. Um, it shouldn't be that hard. I, yeah. I, I, I just think people out. Yeah. And yeah, basically because like only 20 real people showed up, we, we played at a loss once again. Um, once again. Once again, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's always sad. And, uh, um, definitely felt that pain at some shows this year with, uh, Montreal or Smoking Honey. But, um, looking forward to later this summer, we will have some more gig reports in, uh, I think there's one more show I have this month and then a couple later in July. So we'll have some more gig reports um, yeah. as we go on, as we continue. Yeah. Um, so into the main show here, um, we've got some interesting articles to talk about. Um, before we get to the Apple Music monstrosity, um, <laughs> we had an interesting article you shared a few weeks ago about NPR. Um, there's an interview with one of their audio engineers explaining their signature sound. And uh, basically, if you have a $3,000 mic a studio and you roll off the bass. That's their sound. So they use a, a Neumann U87. If you know anything about mics, you know that Neumanns are some of the best mics that exist on this planet. And accordingly, they cost a fortune. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just kind of amusing how, how short this explanation was. Is yeah, buy this mic that's out of reach of most people and just, uh, you know, roll off the bass. <laughs> But they somehow managed to get the this interview article many pages long. So um what could be summed up in a sentence? Yeah. yeah. And also when I when I read the headline I was like, okay, um usually I I think the NPR sound comes from from getting really close to the microphone and talking <laughs> yes. like this. So this is our glass and we're going to play the hottest tunes tonight. And uh not really the, the technical standpoint there. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I mean, the one valid point other than have a lot of money that they <laughs> mentioned was uh, they said that, you know, most NPR listeners, at least traditionally, I don't know if it's changing with podcasts, but or maybe it's still the same, um, is people listening in cars. You know, people are commuting right. to work. You're like, ah, throw NPR on and, you know, all songs considered or, um, you know, whatever news shows are on. And uh, in in a car, if you're commuting, you know, cars have a low rumble. You have an engine bumbling underneath you. And so EQing that out of your um, audio mix means that you're not competing with that and you can you can have a different slice of the EQ spectrum. And that makes sense. But other than that, it was just kind of amusingly short and simple. Um, I got to say about this, uh, it, it makes sense with the, with the bass roll-off and the engine sound. Um you're in charge of, of editing flipping tables. How much bass do you roll off on, on the editing? Um, I pretty much, my, my preset that I start from is I pretty much have a, a steep drop off around 80 or 90 hertz. Huh. And that's mostly to neuter any plosives or um, proximity, like unwelcome sudden proximity. Yeah. 
because I roll off our podcast here, all I show bits and pieces at around 30 to 40 hertz. And since, since I don't really listen back to those myself in the car, but I listen to flipping tables in the car, I've never really had a problem with the sound of flipping tables with the engine on, but I've never tried it with bits and pieces. So for any listeners who want to give us feedback on, on a sound, uh, if this is, this is the place where you can tell us that you can't understand anything we're saying because of the engine rumble and the low frequencies. <laughs> Please, uh, reach out to us, especially still. We haven't got a Japanese scientist, scientist yet. Reach out to us and tell us about the bass frequencies. Yeah. And another news, um, before, still, before we get into this Apple music thing, um, We've talked very extensively about streaming services and another thing about Spotify. So, um, actually I've, I've, uh, listened to the new Muse album the other day on Spotify just because it was, uh, recommended to me. And I, and I used to like a few Muse tracks, but, um, yeah, I don't like Muse anymore that much, but that's a different topic. <laughs> um, this article is about that um they actually had a track on their song that was on at least on Spotify was premium exclusive so unless you actually paid for the service so not on the freemium tier uh, where you just hear advertisement you really couldn't hear that song and it actually said that when you were on a freemium plan it would say they're premium only and um so I understood from this article that previously um, Spotify was like, no, we don't do that kind of stuff. And now they've done it. They done did it. Um, <laughs> which kind of sets a precedent maybe that soon this is going to happen a little bit more often. Um, I mean, we we see this with um, like premium editions of albums anyway. That any, yeah, all the time. You gotta buy it at Target or Best Buy. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's made its way to video games as well now with with premium DLC from from different vendors. Yeah. But um, so far, I've I've I listened to a few artists that have like the regular versions and the premium versions both on Spotify, and mostly the premium version has maybe a bonus song and a few remixes. Um, now I'm paying for Spotify anyway, but I got to be honest, if that's what they're trying to get me with to buy premium, yeah, I don't think that would be enough honestly <laughs> just for one song honestly one song can so be so easily pirated that i think if you were if you really wanted to listen to this you're just going to go to youtube where it's going to be anyway now yeah. let me quickly find with what the name of the song is and i'm promise you it's going to be on youtube already i bet this is going to be happening though i bet you know apple will try to do that on apple music and if it survives longer title, we'll try to do that too. Um, just the, the, I mean, this is just going to play out like console games where you have like a 99% overlap of third party games. And then every once in a while, that one exclusive that you buy out or, you know, yeah. this, uh, this thing we call the timed exclusive, the, the, the <laughs> month or two of ex exclusivity and yeah. which we're I going mean, to come back and with the Apple music. Yeah, and uh, I mean, th this is just always going to happen on when services that are so identical that need to find a way to differentiate. It's really one of your only options is to try to seal up content for yourself. Yeah. Uh, so it's the Globalist by Muse, and it's already on on YouTube. We've got one here with twenty thousand views, and yeah. <laughs> A few covers already, a few reactions, a guy looking, he looks like he's shouting into the camera on this thumbnail reaction to Globalist Muse. Um, <laughs> yep. yep. So, 
Shall we shall we talk about Apple Music? We're going to talk about Apple Music now. All right. Oh my god, what happened? Um Apple spent, you know, a couple days, maybe weeks talking about Apple Music on stage. <laughs> um it was it was like longer than the entire rest of the keynote. <laughs> and yeah. for some reason they brought Drake out to, you know, to m- talk about nothing. <laughs> yeah. He just rambled on about something, about connecting and something, something. Um, so the facts, just to get through this uh, relatively quickly. If you if you were asleep last week or you just don't care about streaming music platforms and their nitty-gritties, um, it'll be 10 bucks a month for Apple Music. There is no free tier. Well, there's sort of, it's not, not a free tier like Spotify. There's like a radio, you know, where you can't skip very many tracks. Um but there's no free form, listen to whatever you want, free tier whatsoever. There's a $15 family plan, which up to six people. And before you get too excited about, you know, grabbing five of your friends and, and building a family <laughs> out, um, this is intimately tied through the app stores family system. So it means that you identify a parental guardian person whose credit card is attached to this. And by having a family, you are basically giving the rest of the family the right to buy stuff. And you you, you have to give approval as dad. But, you know, <laughs> grabbing five of your friends just to save a few bucks on music may be weird when they try to buy an app and it's asking you, will you let your friend buy an app? And you're like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> Apple's trying to tie that up so it's not like just a secret back door to get, you know, $3 music. But... Anyway, that's interesting if you actually do have a family and you, you know, you probably aren't going to spend 60 bucks a month on streaming music for your family, but you might spend 15. Three months free trial. I'll have something to say about that in a bit. Um, starting June 30th, you can try Apple Music for three months. Um, they're releasing it on all the Apple stuff, but also on PC and Android. Um, that'll come in the fall. Um, you can stream almost anything that's on iTunes. There's some notable exceptions. The Beatles are not part of Apple Music streaming. Um, you know, they were like, you know, 1700 years late to being digital downloads. Um, but is temporary secretary on there? That's the most important <laughs> question. Um, and there's a, you know, there's a couple other things as they rambled on about like, you know, they're going to have like, a worldwide global radio station that is DJed 24 hours a day. So there's going to be someone in LA, someone in New York, someone in London and so forth, um, hosting an honest to God radio station all the time. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what I think about that yet. Um, and then there's this weird social component. So they, they had this thing called connect, which uh, everyone immediately thought of Apple's ping, which was their embarrassing, complete failure of a a, a social network for music. Um, Connect works kind of like Facebook pages. So um, artists can create their Connect page. They can post all sorts of media, and they can choose whether or not to pull it behind the paywall or not. So if you have an exclusive new video, you can say only um, paying customers can see this stuff. And uh, it's sort of Apple's attempt to own what YouTube has been doing, what Facebook has been doing in terms of that connection between the entertainer and their audience. So if you didn't fall asleep yet at that list of, of stuff, uh, otherwise Apple Music is basically what you know and love in Spotify. You can search, you can stream whatever you want, you can build your own playlists. 
um, you just pay a monthly rate and you don't really own the music. So is there anything special you saw about this or was it all just kind of like, well, now Apple people that want to be fanboys have their own option? Well, as you said, it's basically the same with a few bells and whistles attached. So we've got this Beats 1 radio. Um, I, I got to say I have to listen to a few shows until I can say that I really like it because so far um, the problem with, I guess, public radio stations is mostly that none of them really meet my taste. And when they don't meet my taste, I'm not going to listen to them. Uh, I don't care if I'm sympathetic to the host or not, if he doesn't play the song or she doesn't play the songs that I like. I'm just not going to listen to the radio, so I'm probably going to use the custom radio stations that are also doing, like Spotify. And um, this discover mode that they said, I mean, Spotify, I think, does it through the last of M algorithms, so also the same there, basically. And um, so far, I couldn't find really anything that re really separated it from the others. Um, I got to say that I'm a little... Um, yeah, I'm a little excited about this Connect thing when I heard about it. Um, just for the, the simple reason that um, mostly interaction with your fans happens mostly on Facebook. And it's always nice to have some way to detach yourself from Facebook, even if it's to <laughs> another company. So it, it would be great if there was like some uh, third party, more or less. So still you're going to to be dealing with a big company yeah. there. But it, it's good to have some competition in that regard as well. Yeah. And I really hope uh, to, you know, the, the dark horse, the, the little underdog band camp that I'm always kind of yeah. rooting for. Um, you know, they've, they've been, they haven't been sitting still. They keep adding features to what you can do with your Bandcamp page. You know, you can add videos, you can add all sorts of media now, um, to your page. But I feel like they need to up their game if they want to kind of own a piece of this, um, ecosystem. Right. And, you know, they, they, what they're doing is so good, but, um, I guess that's the one sort semi interesting thing that Apple's trying to attack from these other companies is, uh, Music, not just, a, you know, music as something you subscribe to and stream and play is boring. But if you can try to find a way to own the interaction of fans and artists, that's an interesting thing because that's a long play. That's if you get people used to your town is where you go hang out with artists, then that could be a long-term powerful thing to have. And... uh I don't feel like anyone's too loyal like to their spot they find artists in yet. And maybe they right. never will be, but it feels like it's kind of up for grabs and uh you know there could be a shakeup on where people go for that kind of stuff. Um I don't really go anywhere in particular. I I mean that's sort of the beauty of the modern web is a lot of content comes to you. So stuff gets retweeted, stuff, you know, people mention you attached to an article. Um a lot of the discovery is actually in reverse, but you know maybe that could change. Uh, but I think that's the thing that um, you can only really do that if you if you own a place where people spend a lot of time anyway. So I mean, Facebook is the grand example for that. And if people start using Apple Music, I mean, I've got Spotify running most of the day. If Spotify integrates something like that, I I could actually get use of that. But I think most people wouldn't really log in into another website just to get this something yeah. like a Facebook page feed of their band. So it has to be somewhere that you're someplace you're using anyway. And even with Bandcamp, I usually only visit Bandcamp when I'm looking for something specific or like, okay, let's visit something. Uh, let's look for something new, but I'm not on there every day and all day, every day. So, um, uh, yeah, 
it, it's going to be hard. So Apple has that going for them, certainly. And we, we criticized that uh, several episodes back about that music, uh, com- like music communication app. And it's like a uni, like single purpose app. I was almost going to sneeze there. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, like, I don't think people will go to a place that only exists for one purpose. Um, but I could see if you always listen to music and Apple music and then you very quickly want to send something to someone, well, right. you know, I'm not going to go to a third party app to do that, but maybe I'll tap a button in my music app and it's kind of like the, the, you know, the PS4 and the Xbox one now have share buttons built into the controller. So you can just very seamlessly, you know, send a screenshot out. And so it'd be kind of like, yeah, it doesn't feel like I'm going to a single purpose. I'm just in my music app and I just wanted to spit out some noise about a song I liked. And, and, you know, as long as it, it wasn't super douchey, like, you know, the share button would also go out to Twitter and Facebook, even if it linked back to Apple music, but I had a way to kind of spread it to these third party networks. You know, kind of, I like, was kind of Instagram's magic early on was, yeah, it's a new social network, but it auto publishes to the ones you're already on. And that kind of convenience is, I think half of the reason a lot of people use Instagram is like, oh, I don't have to go to Twitter and then go to Facebook and post the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, let's, let's talk about money in this case. So, um, you mentioned that they are offering a three month trial. So that is, you can just sign up and have the full features for three months and you're not paying anything. Um, yeah, the reverse side is the artists are not going to be paid anything. So this contract more or less leaked, um, where they're talking about the percentages of royalties that are going to be paid out from the, from the two plans, this, uh, nine, 999 and 1499 plan. And along with that, it said that for this, uh, three months, the free or generally the free plan that you mentioned where you can have very limited set of features, but you can basically get something for free. They're not going to pay out anything for that. How do they work this out? <laughs> I um, guess by not asking in the first place. Yeah. There's this ominous final line in this article that you, you've included here. It says, uh, this decision mostly affects independence. As major labels and associated publishers have signed separate deals on their own terms. So for all we know, Sony and Warner and everyone else is uh, getting their, you know, they're getting a nice payout for this three month trial. But, you know, little indie Joe gets nothing. Right. That's not good. <laughs> it's, it's for, it's for exposure. Okay, Matt. It's, it's good exposure for your music. Everyone's going to be searching for yeah. our music. So basically the only choice, um, other than getting their own separate contract now would be to not release their music for those first three months. Yeah, and you could just hold I, it I off. mean, the, the, because we can all expect that the first three months after launch are going to be, is going to be the time where most people are going to try this. And from then on, it's going to like level down a bit. But, um, yeah, it, three months is a very long time. I mean, uh, Spotify, I think offers 30 days. Yeah. And I, I'm okay with this. I mean, one month for free is, I mean, after one month, you can tell if you want it or not. But I think three months is really like, uh, they really want you to get used to this. So you yeah. are going to pay afterwards. I think they just want to go make sure that, uh, you're hooked basically. Yeah. And I mean, that's another thing that Apple is never shy about mentioning is 
all their payment is unified through iTunes. So if you've ever bought a single app in your life or a single song or a movie or whatever, um, you're already set up for this. You just say, okay, yeah. and you're, you're, you're subscribed. And, uh, you know, they always quote the like whatever 800 million credit cards on file. And that's just their <laughs> signal of like, yeah, don't pull your music out of our service. Cause that's more gonna... like the signal. Hey, hack our data database. <laughs> Be a shame if all these customers couldn't listen to your music. Um, one of the funny things that came out of this is so during the, the super long keynote of death, um, Spotify's CEO had a, a an off the cuff tweet that he later, um, Streisand by deleting, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, he just writes two words and a single point of punctuation. Oh, okay. Or was it more like, Oh, okay. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, it's just the, the sarcasm. We're drowning in it from his, his tweet. Um, which I mean, even if you agree with him, it's kind of like you shouldn't do that publicly because if Apple's music does succeed, you look like a tool. You look like, you know, an arrogant, like, you know, like the same thing happened when, uh, the iPhone came out and Steve Ballmer and Microsoft was like, whatever. They got nothing. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> He's had to eat those words forever, ever since. And, you know, even if you don't see how the new product might succeed, I don't know. I probably do this to other companies' products all the time. It's just dangerous. <laughs> I'm not a CEO of a competitor, so maybe I'm a little less <laughs> under less scrutiny for my off the cuff sarcasm about new stuff. Yeah. Uh, while we're at the tweets, um, while we were watching this, of course, uh, we were sitting on Twitter as well, and there was this other tweet that you found went something like, hey, somebody should do a music streaming service. <laughs> that was a great one. <laughs> yeah, the even even the, the Apple fanboy bloggers that I kind of follow on Twitter were all starting to groan and toss and turn and just be like, oh my God, please make it stop. Make the keynote yeah, especially stop. to talk about the, the keynote again. Uh, it really was. They, at one point, actually, the, the audience cheered at the presenter. Was it like reordering the song in the songs in the playlist? <laughs> Something really mundane, a feature that every music player should have. Uh, maybe, I maybe we can, I can find this in the, in the YouTube video somewhere and, and then link it in the show notes. You know, I'm, I really don't believe the usual, like, sarcastic crack that, like, Apple people are religious followers. But I do think in the keynote in the room, there's kind of this obligation to clap a lot. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's an example of the, like, just clap, just clap. You know, like, now mix, have a now try, try to mentally mix that with the audience Elon Musk has that, uh, <laughs> so from time to time shouts something to the, to the presenter. <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> Uh, um, so there's a couple other little articles about Apple music. Um, do you want to talk about this one with the NME? Yeah. NME once again, um, reporting on after they reported on title on Spotify and, um, just one thing that, that caught me in this article was, so they list, uh, the, the for and against for using Apple music, like five each. And the first one, with against says the sound quality is likely to be worse than on Spotify and Tidal. And if you've listened to the last few episodes or any episode that we've ever made, 
you probably know why I don't like this line at all. Um, so they, they really haven't gotten the memo yet about lossless yeah. audio and that it really doesn't matter at all. And this lossless audio horse is still lying in this room, so we might as well beat it. But yeah, um, it's confirmed that uh, Apple Music will stream at 256 kilobits. And uh, this is yeah. AAC, so it's that's really equivalent to about 320 MP3. Right. And so nobody can complain about quality here. Yeah, it's all the same. Um. And then sort of a another broader topic to bring up about um, Apple Music and and streaming music in general um, is The Verge had this article about, you know, if you get, you got to strip the, the, the Apple fanboyism out of the title, but it, it, the topic is worthwhile. Um, so their title is, the entire music industry is just another feature of the iPhone. And uh, I think if you generalize that to just music is really an ecosystem that is subservient to Silicon Valley now. Um, and they, they, they have some startling numbers in this article. So the entire music industry made about 11 billion in revenue last year, not profit, but revenue. And, uh, Apple makes that in profit in about three months. And just like the enormous, like the entire music industry is just like, oh, a quarter's profits to Apple. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of just shocking and frightening and oh my God. But, um, I don't know. What do you make of this? I mean, do you think it's true that the music industry is increasingly just kind of subject to the whims of, um, technology companies? I mean, can they really, I think so. it's, could it's they succeed independently? Yeah, I, th I think as the title says, it's feature now. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned that when we talked about this earlier, that uh, basically they could operate Apple Music at a loss and just have nobody pay for this and it wouldn't really hurt them that much for, for the money that we're talking about here. So they can basically do whatever they want. They, they're not really losing. They just want, want you to get into the Apple ecosystem and then they've won. Then it also makes sense thinking about this three months trial because in this other article I read that this uh, trial of period of three months it's actually costing them like four point four billion dollars in customer acquisition costs. So they basically throwing out four point four billion dollars just to get customers, and uh, I think that that speaks volumes. Yeah, and you know it's a huge competitive advantage over other companies like RDO and Spotify and these other companies that are just streaming services. They have to find a way to swim on their own merits, and Apple can subsidize their music division yeah. if they want to. They've and I mean, already I'm diversified their portfolio. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure Apple wants music to be profitable on its own, but um, they can wait forever for that. I mean, they can, it can just be a loss leader. It can just be, hey, we sell iPhones. We don't care if if music's one way to get people onto it. Sure. Yeah. So it, it's crazy. There's going. So this is the part where we're probably going to see uh, them starting. I don't know, maybe undercutting each other. Maybe that's going to happen. And Apple with those numbers probably has the best uh, horse in the race there. The best lossless audio horse. <laughs> uh, so lots to watch. Um, and again, it's, the most interesting stuff is not the software itself. It's it's all the, the ecosystem plays behind it. Right. And the ease of use. And the reason I 
I get frustrated by this Verge article because, I mean, Google's had a similar product for a while where you can stream unlimited music and also still upload your own. Um, they just need to stop having three different services and, and unify. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, before we get to our picks of the week, we have one last little bit of sunshine. And uh, this was a, just a, a <laughs> GIF I found on Reddit of just a, a lady who really enjoys her job. So... Um, I'm just going to pop open this gift so I can smile. Um, so this is a conductor and she's like, um, standing in front of a string section that it's a tight shot. You can't really tell if there's a, a wider orchestra around. Um, and she is just super enthusiastically, you know, dipping, bending over, rising up and like swinging her arms and so many facial expressions involved of grinning and serious and quiet and let's get louder. And, um, it's like, it's like almost a cartoon character of joy of conducting music and uh, just a little bit of levity to go out after we complain about the music industry for a while. Yeah. And apparently this conductor's name is Alondra de la Parra. Um, I am not able to trill my R, so forgive me, um, Mexican and Spanish listeners. And, uh, you know, Reddit, of course, fell in love with her just by seeing this little gif. Yeah. I like that, like halfway through the GIF, there's this in the background, um, this, I think it's a viola, maybe a violin. I, I can't tell from the size. I'm not really an expert in it. Uh, who looks at her and then takes a double take, uh, of like, wait, wait, what is she? What is, what is, like, he doesn't know what she's actually trying to convey with her movements in that moment. It's like, what, wait, what is I'm, what is it I'm supposed to do? <laughs> She almost looks like she's playing drums, like the, the way she's, <laughs> um, some of her hand movements. You could probably set it to a beat and have some interesting little techno <laughs> remix. The, the beginning of the gif, you could probably put a drum beat under and have her. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're describing something visual, which is, you know, a great thing to do on a podcast. You should definitely get to our show notes and check out that. And, uh, Pick of the week. Um, I think pick I'll go week. first this time. I've been making you go right. first for a while. Um, and uh, my pick of the week this week is uh, by an artist named Floex. And uh, the, the track is called Veronica's Dream. And this is a, a rare a rare selection for me because it's instrumental. And uh, this is a, an interesting mix of electronic and uh, acoustic. And uh, it's a pretty amazing marriage of very classical instruments. There's violin, there's piano, there's um, another instrument that I'll talk about uh, maybe after we hear some of it. Um, but, you know, there's there's some... Um, right off the bat, you're just going to be sucked in by the, the amazing rhythm production of this track. Um, it, the, the percussion is so good. So let's just hear a little bit of Veronica's Dream. So most of this track is uh, pretty interesting in its own right, and it evolves as time goes on, goes through all these different movements and different instruments, um, while the, the underlying premise is kind of the same. Um, but about three minutes in, there's this sudden influx of clarinet, and I'm not usually like, hell yes, clarinet, 
but um, apparently this song has found a way to, to make me do that. And so, um, I don't know. Did you did you get to listen to this? Did you enjoy this track in, in all its various yes. machinations? Yes, and this clarinet is, is this clarinet is awesome. Um, I, I really like this uh, the percussion on this track. It it moves seamlessly between acoustic and electronic. Like sometimes it's really processed and and borderline glitched, and then it changes back to to a regular acoustic drum set, which is playing some almost like a jazzy drum beat there. And uh, you really gotta gotta listen to it to, to know where where it starts shifting towards somewhere else, somewhere else. And and I also thought that uh, this is this um, we we talked about this in an earlier episode about this um, usage of orchestra instruments or generally classical instruments. And this is a great example where it works with a really modern genre of of um, of electronica. I think one of the tags was actually also, um, IDM. So intelligent dance music. We've played, <laughs> talked about this before. And we had Tim Exile as a pick of the week. And, uh, I just thought it's, it's a very great mix. It was very relaxing. Uh, reminded me a little bit of the Bastion soundtrack at some parts. And yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, put a clarinet in my next song just <laughs> for the, this. Awesome. So tell me about your pick of the week. My pick of the week is You're the Worst Thing in the World by Telephone Tel Aviv. Um, I stumbled upon this track just by using Spotify's discovery mode. So um, no, I'm not being paid by Spotify to say that. <laughs> um, uh, I just, this song is, it, it has like an, an analog feel to it. And while I'm not not the person who goes like, oh, I want everything to sound analog. I, I really enjoy when it does sound like a little detuned, a little washed out, um, not really crystal clear and pristine. Yeah. And I think this track has, has this all all across the whole mix. And especially like every element of this mix is just great to listen to. So you've got this mostly on the left uh, on the left box or left ear, whatever you listen to. Uh, this washed out synth pad. You've got uh, this lead melody that's playing that's slightly detuned. The arpeggiator, uh, is, uh, so the arpeggio that's playing mostly throughout the song is it's just it it never gets boring. Although it's mostly playing the same. Thing and also this whole song is basically the same progression all the way through, and um, I think we're just going to listen to a little bit of this. So what did you think of the song? This song also reminded me of video game soundtracks a little bit, um, particularly the Sega Genesis era or Mega Drive for you Europeans. Um, uh, the Maybe it's just some of the synth choices, uh, the, the arpeggiating synth especially, um, just reminded me of some Sega Genesis kind of, the, whatever chip they had in the Genesis kind of produced these lossy analog kind of sounds and uh, enjoyed the hell out of that. And uh I'd say the other thing I'd call out is um, I'm a sucker for um, lo-fi string sections. And this is something the No Twist has done a lot of every once in a while. And uh, it, it's used really well here, especially the as the outro to the song. You kind of It's kind of on its own, so you can really hear it clearly. Um, there's just this, um, like you said, slightly detuned and like, you know, messed up a little bit, but um, 
I don't know why that's so satisfying, but yeah, the the instrument choices throughout the song are just exquisite and and perfectly selected, and it just uh, you don't mind that it's repetitive. I mean, um, music is often repetitive, and that's not inherently a bad thing. It's it's a bad thing when you notice and you're you're like, oh my god, I'm so sick of hearing this. But that's not the case yeah. with this song whatsoever. It's it's just you know you Definitely. just groove with it. You 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 kind of you could loop it, and it wouldn't really be a big problem. I actually did that. I think the day I discovered it, I've played it 10 times in a row <laughs> and I've really not gotten sick of the song yet. Yeah. All right. So as always, um, you can listen to our picks of the week on our Spotify playlist uh, whenever possible, whenever there's not an exclusive on some other system. Um, we uh, mm-hmm. add this to, we have an ongoing Spotify playlist. So every week we pick new songs and we add them to this list. So if you ever don't know what to listen to, you've got a giant playlist of good stuff curated by us. And uh, you can find the link to that playlist on our show notes. And uh, you can find our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 20. This is the big two zero. And uh, you also find links to all the articles we talked about. And, uh, you know, even better than uh, listening on the web is subscribing. Uh, if you subscribe to our podcast, you'll get new episodes automatically delivered to your device. Um, if you're on iOS, uh, there's a built-in podcast app or there's one you could download called Overcast that I'm a big fan of. If you're on Android, uh, check out Podcast Addict or Pocket Casts. And uh, then you can just use the RSS button on our website or search for bits and pieces um, if your podcast app has a search. And uh, subscribe, and we'll love you for that. Um, me and Matt are both on Twitter, and we love interaction and feedback. If you have a suggestion for a new song or a topic, or you want to correct something we said, or just kind of speak your mind, um, hit us up on Twitter. Or you want us to roll off the bass. <laughs> yeah, if you want us to roll off the bass, definitely. Uh, next episode, we're going to do a lot of proximity effect, unless you tell us otherwise. Um, you can find me at Medwards Music, and Matt, you are... At Echolox, E-C-H-O-L-O-X. So tweet at us. Um, if you really love what we're doing and you want to support us directly, you can uh, hop on our Patreon. And uh, Patreon is a way for fans to directly support what artists are doing. And uh, at Sunrise Robot, we are making podcasts. We make you know upwards of four podcasts a week. We are launching a new show on the network very soon. Um, actually, by the time this episode is published, it'll have already been launched. Um, Eclectic Readers. So we want to give a, a welcome to show number six on the network. Uh, good work, ladies. Um, so if you'd like to support all this great work with podcasting, you can head to patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And uh, depending on the level you donate, you might actually get mentioned on every episode. And so we want to thank our top supporters, Bruce Edwards and Andreas Langa. Uh, you guys make this possible. All right, we'll see you next week. 